Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Spiritual Gangsta Certified Podcast. What I'm going to be talking about this episode has to do with a lot of the things that we've been seeing going on recently, uh, recent events um, at the very end of June, and what that has to do with some of the transits that are going on, particularly Saturn in Pisces. As a reminder, though, if you are interested in learning more about astrology, getting used to using it practically, being able to understand how it literally fits and can be seen in everything, okay? Like, I'm telling y'all, this is a practice and a language. Make sure to check the link in the description for the Astro G Ladies Facebook group. This is a space that me and my fellow Astro G ladies, if you haven't seen our content on YouTube, on the Spiritual Gangsta Certified YouTube channel, we have roundtable discussions about damn near everything, from things happening in popular culture uh, to more personal things about the chart. You can check all of that out on the Spiritual Gangsta Certified YouTube channel, and it would be under the Astro G ladies discussion. But anyway, we have a Facebook group that we've created that is dedicated to helping people use astrology and understand it practically. To me, what is the point of having all of this astrological knowledge if it serves no real good purpose in life? You hear me? So make sure you go over there um, to YouTube and check it out. And I'll put the link in the description of this episode so you guys if you haven't already can come on over and join the astro g ladies group we are planning so many different events and workshops and seminars and different things to help everybody no matter what your astrological knowledge level is okay we beginner intermediate expert there's something to learn in there as well as other forms of divination right so um just wanted to make sure i let you guys know about that one other thing this is important i am so honored happy ecstatic thrilled actually two other things (laughs) but let me just put it to y'all like this um i will be participating in the july speakers spirit I can't talk ever when I'm recording. I swear my Mercury and Pisces be acting up. The July speaker series for Synchronicity University, which um, was created by world-renowned astrologer Nadia Shah. She asked me to do a course, and I will be doing one on understanding Yad aspects. I'm also going to put the link if you would like uh, to attend that course. It'll be on Saturday, July 29th at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I put the link to enroll. And last but not least, shout out to Feedspot. Listen, I was humbled and grateful because I have not been putting as much effort into this podcast as I can because I really love doing it. And coming back into doing it, I was reminded of this. But shout out to Feedspot. Because Feedspot just literally did um, a list. They emailed me. This is how I even became aware of this. They they did a list of the 100 best spiritual podcasts. 
and it says it's the best spiritual podcast from thousands of podcasts on the web, ranked by traffic, social media followers, and freshness. And guess what, y'all? The Spiritual Gangsta Certified Podcast made number 31 out of 100 in the world. I, I, I couldn't be happier about that. I'll also post the link to that in the description of this episode. But get ready to listen to a discussion. Well, it's more of a talk, a speech, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about some of the things that I've been seeing going on recently and how they directly relate, particularly, especially to Saturn and Pisces. Y'all don't want to miss that? Stay tuned. attention you should be seeing themes that are easily identifiable that you can correlate to astrological happenings again if you've been paying attention you should see these themes we're going to talk about a few things that have been coming up as a result of saturn being in pisces and also pluto retrograding out of Aquarius back into Capricorn. So uh, as I record this, it is technically a little after midnight on June 26th. And when I pull a chart for the moment, y'all, Capricorn is on the ascendant at 10 degrees. I'm ready to get to work and use some things practically to like show what's going on. So it's interesting right now, too, because what this means, it's cancer season now. And for um, for Capricorn, cancer is the seventh house, right? For Capricorn energy, the energy of cancer would fall into its seventh house, which is about relating one-on-one -on -one with others, not just romantic relationships, any one-to-one -one connection, contracts, marriages, business partnerships, all of this stuff. And I was just talking to a friend of mine about how we learn a lot about ourselves through others. And, you know, astrological charts show this. If you look at the first house, which is naturally ruled by Aries, it is the house of self. What opposes, what is opposite the first house, the seventh house, the house of our relationship with others. Y'all have probably heard me say this before, but when you get down into your astrological study, it is a great idea. I recommend this. Matter of fact, I will put a link to it in the description so that y'all can purchase it if you have never read it. Read the Kabbalion. Please do. Not only is this a helpful ancient, I should say, um, source of knowledge, but astrology literally ties into all of these things. But what I'm talking about now, um, since I brought up the Kabbalion, it lists the hermetic laws, laws of the universe, right? 
One of those laws is the laws of polarity. And it literally talks about how opposites are the same energy, just at different ends of the spectrum and can be reconciled. So hot and cold, same thing. Basically just at different ends of the spectrum, right? So if you're talking about temperature, you can show me the exact degree where hot and cold would separate. So opposites can be reconciled. So when we're talking about opposing houses, the first house versus the seventh house, it's literally the same energy. So when I'm saying that you can learn a lot about yourself through your relationship with others, this is precisely what I mean. Others are a part of you, right? So interesting right now that it's Capricorn rising time. And that means that the sun is transiting the seventh house. So in talking about how people are relating to one another, I mean, we've seen it on larger scales, how we relate to groups on social media. That's more 11th house stuff, um, which is interesting because I'm talking about this right now. And we've been seeing talks of death everywhere. Um, and Scorpio is on the 11th house cusp right now as I'm speaking. Um, but... I'm bringing all of this up to say that if we can be a little bit more emotionally in tuned during cancer season, I think it will serve all of us a purpose. I really attribute Pisces energy to compassion, but if we take a look at cancer, cancer energy has Pisces in the ninth house and whatever's in the ninth house, since it's a Jupiter ruled house, naturally ruled by Sagittarius, it's gonna be big. So cancer energy is big on compassion. This brings me to talking about Saturn and Pisces because one of the themes that I think we've been seeing collectively is Saturn representing a restriction or a lack in Pisces on compassion. I'm sure y'all have seen plenty of instances of this, especially last week. So, um, with the Titan submersible, the craft that went down and had five people on it, $250,000 per seat, to go down and see the wreckage of the Titanic, um, with the news of that craft being lost and then subsequently finding out that it imploded, First of all, that it within itself is very Saturn and Pisces. Extremely Saturn and Pisces. Saturn is a planet, I think, that scares a lot of people. It's a malefic traditionally, right? I ain't scared of Saturn, though. I actually have a huge amount of respect for it, which is actually a Saturn keyword. But maybe that's just my Capricorn moon talking. More than likely it is. But I respect Saturn because of the fact that if you work in integrity, typically Saturn will reward you. When we're talking about Saturn or Capricorn energy, since Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, when I think of how to use that energy the best way that you can for means that are, you know, in good faith, I think of just taking accountability, being responsible, getting prepared, doing your due diligence, earth sign shit, right? 
And in a lot of ways, when I've seen news about what's been going on, you know, a lot of people were talking about how the CEO of the company had been told numerous times that the craft was perhaps not safe, that the craft um, needed probably to uh, be regulated. And I saw footage of him basically talking about how, uh, oh, being too prepared is, you know, that's not necessary. I may be saying that a little out of context, but that was the general feel. And I was like, well, damn, um, you know, because to me, and I was telling another friend this the other day, I have experienced some really interesting, um, explorative stuff. Um, when I was a kid, I tell the story all the time. My parents used to kidnap us on vacation. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, they wouldn't tell you you were going on vacation. You had no idea when was coming. And they usually woke you up in the middle of the night or at the butt crack of dawn, shaking you, trying to get you up like the police were coming, even though my stepfather who raised me. So I refer to him as my dad. I'm just saying stepfather. So y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, He was the police. He was the corporal with the state police. But anyway, um, they used to wake us up in the middle of the night. Our bags would already be packed. We would not be told where we were going. And next thing I know, I'm on a vacation somewhere. Um, I remember one year we went to Niagara Falls. I had to be about maybe 11 or 12. And when I tell y'all, I experienced the falls from every angle possible. We got on the Maid of the Mist, so we're, you know, on the boat at the base of the falls. Then at the time there was Bridal Veil Falls and you could like walk under it with a raincoat. We went to um, all the museums and different things that were up there. We saw the falls lit up at night um, on the Canadian side because we went to a restaurant, a revolving restaurant that's in that like sky needle looking thing. And then right before we were going to leave, It was decided by my parents that we were going to get in a helicopter over Niagara Falls. So I literally saw Niagara Falls from every angle that one could see it. Now, (laughs) just thinking back to that time, I mean, it was exciting to experience the falls, but I really did not like the helicopter ride. I I can't even lie to y'all. I didn't like it. There was something about it that didn't sit well with me. I was terrified the whole time and I couldn't wait for it to be over. Um, I'm really learning over time that I had a problem with heights growing up and I'm trying to actually like kind of conquer that. But I'm saying all this to say, um, when we got home two weeks after that vacation, two helicopters collided into one another over Niagara Falls. And people cease to exist because of that accident. And I remember finding that out and being like, oh my God, see, that's why I didn't want to get in the helicopter. Now, none of what I'm saying um, is me making a case for people who are up for certain adventures, quote unquote, which is a Sagittarius word, um, a sign that squares Pisces. It's at a hard 90 degree angle. So that's interesting. Um, but I'm not trying to say that people who are cut out for adventure in all the different ways that would probably be abhorrent to some people should not have it, right? Shouldn't be able to experience those things. But, you know, even though my parents had the means to 
have us ex having all sorts of fun and doing all these sorts of different things. I was terrified, like still got in the helicopter, but terrified. So I remember joking uh, with one of my friends that if my parents had had way more money and I was a child now, I wonder, I wonder if I would have been on the Titan. I actually mentioned it to my mother and she was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> so that settles that. But what I've been seeing the entire time this has gone on has been a lot to deal with. Um, I personally didn't participate in too much online discussion about that tragedy for a lot of different reasons. Um, I've kind of been sitting back and just like observing what other people are saying and doing so as objectively as possible. Back to me talking about polarity a little while ago. Because we live in times where people are so polarized, where it's just basically one side against another, it is very hard to operate among polarized people objectively. To be able to kind of like stand in the middle, you can see what's wrong with both sides and be able to speak about it. For some reason, that is a problem these days. And I think that that's, that's very interesting for a lot of different reasons. I mean, to live at extremes is not a good thing. And maybe it's the Libra rising in me because my entire chart is about coming into balance. But, you know, I don't fare well in polarized conversations. And one of the first things that I saw was, number one, um, the moment people found out that anybody within that craft was a billionaire, all of these discussions, all of these discussions about wealth came up. So now we're, now we're actually talking about Pluto. And Pluto just recently retrograded back into Capricorn. That's old structures, tradition, and stuff like that. Now, I haven't yet done all the research that I'm going to do because hopefully I can um, have some discussions with my fellow Astro G ladies about this for content on, on YouTube. But um, I don't know how old money, air quotes, anybody on that craft was. But existing structures where... People feel as though billionaires should not exist. I saw plenty of conversation about this coming up, that billionaires simply should not exist while there are people on the planet that are literally experiencing like food instability, if not just flat out starving, while prices, especially for food, are skyrocketing. And people are having a harder and harder time making ends meet where it is literally feeling like an impossibility for a lot of people to be able to comfortably just live, let alone thrive. <clears throat> so I understand the sentiment of so many when it's like, you know, they threw away $250,000 to do this thing. That don't sound very responsible, right? <laughs> and Pluto going into Aquarius kind of spoke of power to the people. And largely the people are not the ones that benefit at all from a billionaire being a billionaire. While some are doing philanthropic or humanitarian work, 
the thing about it is there's a lot of people still struggling and they feel as though that struggle um, of theirs is literally capitalized by corporations. And I get it. I understand their entire side. Makes a lot of sense. It's not like I'm sitting here like, what the hell are they talking about? But, but at the same time, I did see a discussion during this time frame. This was at the beginning of the Titan missing. And um, one of my Facebook friends, shout out to her, Bara Serna. Listen, she asked people like, look, if you're saying there shouldn't be billionaires, what should be the cap? How much money should a person be allowed to have? How much wealth, Pluto, should they be allowed to have? And I started thinking about how I personally feel about this. And I sat with it for a while and I realized I don't necessarily want to cap the amount of money a person can make. I know like there's so many reasons people could go, it's terrible if there is no cap, but it's like, because what if there is a billionaire in the making, right? Someone who hasn't quite reached billionaire status yet that eventually may, what what would happen if we put a cap on it and there, thereby we'd be basically stopping that person from like officially doing something that would benefit like most of the world. I think people do look at it like if you have a certain amount of money, you have a personal responsibility to help other people. I get that. But I don't think everybody was put on that on this planet to think that way, right? I asked myself, what would I do if I was a billionaire? And I, I thought of multiple things immediately that serve and help other people, but my energy is set up that way. I am a freaking Pisces son, and my son is in my sixth house of service of Virgo. So like, that makes sense. There's other components to my energy that make me that way as well. But then also, I'm a Capricorn moon. I am ambitious. I do like achieving. I do like excelling. And I really just don't like the idea of there being a cap on things. I'm sure people will disagree with this, want to argue with me. That's fine. I'm, uh, I'm fine with having a different opinion than others. So as I'm seeing this talk online, when the Titan was lost, I think I first became aware of it maybe... Um, the day after it happened, so a Monday, a moon day. That's the start of my week, by the way, since I was born on Monday. And if you were born on Monday, the start of your week is officially moon day as well. But anyway, side note, you can see my Mercury and Pisces coming out even more these days. Uh, anyway, when I caught wind of the situation and I'm seeing the different responses and such, First, people were talking about the fact that, oh my God, $250,000 just to go see a sunken ship, right? And then one of my other friends on Facebook, Leandra, shout out to you, posted basically something that was saying, if you made like forty dollars to $50,000 per day, I mean, not per day, Jesus, <laughs> per year, <laughs> Um, so you just had a regular job, right? That the equivalent of one of those billionaires spending the $250,000 to aboard the Titan would be you spending $12.50 on something. Now, most of us cannot fathom 
cannot fathom dropping $250,000 on anything, let alone something frivolous, like all at one time, not paying it off over time. When she said that, her comment section was interesting as well, um, because I feel like there was no way before I saw that conversation or that post and then the comments under it that I think my brain would have naturally gone to, well, what does that spending look like for a billionaire versus just a regular person? I mean, eventually maybe my brain would have went there, but she actually spawned a thought process within me. And since most people are concerned primarily with survival, it is very hard to imagine thrive mode When all of your needs are met, and then some, how would you act? How would you be as a person? What would that change for you? A lot of us can probably say a lot of stuff, money won't change me, or whatever. I don't necessarily think that's true. I challenge a lot of the people who, still with that comparison, found things to be frivolous, to actually think about what they're saying. So, okay, $12.50 in American dollars, what could that do in a very, 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 very impoverished place? Maybe every day you go to Starbucks. Well, I won't say Starbucks because it would be more expensive then. Um, Let's say you go to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning and you get a coffee and something to eat. And by the time you're done getting that, you spent $12.50. Should I then scream at you? Should I then say to you, how dare you? There are people whose entire family could survive off of $2 a day. Your one purchase was 10 days, almost 10 days, or 10 days and then some really, of what would allow them to survive. How wasteful of you. So it's, it's really not as simple as just being like, oh my God, that's so much money. Well, it depends on who we're talking about. It's subjective, right? So seeing people complain about, you know, billionaires in general popped up on the timeline, but then something interesting happens. And I wasn't surprised by it. And it's totally a Saturn and Pisces thing. And what was this thing? This thing was the lack of compassion shown by all the jokes. All the jokes on the internet, all the memes, all the different shit people were putting up. Some of it was clever. And while I sat within my feelings and said, wow, I hope they find those people. Or if they do not, I hope that they don't suffer. Despite the fact that people thought that that was a frivolous way to spend money And like, why would you do that? Also, from an astrological standpoint, personally, even if I was totally interested in taking some trip like that, right? So if I was a different person, um, if I was totally like within the financial means to do some, I'm going to assume I would still be into astrology or have an astrologer. I don't think you should be going in the bottom of the ocean while Saturn is in Pisces literal ocean experiencing delays, restrictions, setbacks. I mean, 
Yeah, no. That wouldn't be something that I would do. Despite that, I did hope that they were either going to find these people or if they didn't, that they ain't suffer too much while they were down there. Because for a while, we didn't know what was going on. The lack of compassion that people had. Oh my God. I was seeing people fight one another over the lack of compassion. I don't know what y'all algorithm is for like Facebook and other social media based on what you consume or the people you're connected to post, but it seemed like there were more people in favor of joking about this from what I was seeing than there wasn't. And that to me was like, yeah, that's that's very Saturn in, in Pisces. This lack of compassion, you know, um, also just to look at it from another perspective as well I mean before this even happened during the year and speaking to different people especially people with Pisces placements I've been hearing them say God I almost feel like I'm pulling back on my compassion see when Saturn was in Aquarius there was something interesting that was going on And remember, this is something that started right around lockdown in 2020. So in March of 2020 and Saturn going into Aquarius, one of the themes that came up, and a lot of different astrologers have spoken about this, shout out to Marie Russo, my fellow Astro G ladies astrologer, and shout out to Ra Aku because he just talked about this too. There was kind of an air of auditing, restricting, etc. one's circle, like friendship circle, which would be indicative of, you know, Aquarius energy. That also applies to the 11th house, by the way, since it's ruled naturally by Aquarius. But seeing people literally be restricted from being around other people, um because of lockdowns, but then us having to find innovative, technological, again, another Aquarius theme, ways to connect with others. That was there. Um, But I also saw a lot of people like completely exiting or restructuring or just getting out of friendship circles and networks they've been a part of for a while. I mean, during that time, unfortunately, the Shanquella Robinson thing happened. When I made content about that too, y'all. It's on Instagram. It's on uh, my TikTok as well. The theme was, what about your friends? Like, seriously. And I myself, from 2020 to 2023, literally, literally went through having to audit my own friendship circles. In some ways, I had to do that and wasn't expecting that to happen. Like, there's some friendships that had to end that I didn't see that coming. But when everything came up the way that it did, I was like, oh, shit. Like, it applies to you too, Itu Brute. Like, oh, God. But um, how that relates to Saturn and Pisces is the following. If you went through auditing, per se, your social circle, and you did so and made all the necessary changes that had to be made, then you'll get some peace, right? 
maybe peace that you you struggled to find when you had those social circles. But for people who were hastily and suddenly just cutting people off without really considering the outcome, which is also very Aquarian because it's ruled by Uranus and that sudden changes. Uranus is currently in, in Taurus and has been for a while. And Taurus is the sign of values. So since the ruler of Saturn and Aquarius is in the sign of values, a lot of people were seeing either friendships were ending over money or because that's also Taurus or friendships were ending because values were not aligned. That's why a lot of mine did. I noticed that like my moral code and my values were not lining up with people who I'd been connected to for a while. So I had to take that into consideration. But for those who were not really thinking it through and cutting people off faster than expeditiously, right? A lot of them are experiencing loneliness right now. And I love how this theme has come up to talk about it because this points to the fact that some compassion needs to be shown to repair some relationships. I personally, all the cut, there was only one cutoff that I made um, towards the end of Saturn being in Aquarius that I have since gone back and fixed. And that was like with my mother. I committed myself to a relationship with her as she is us working on things together and things have been wonderful since I decided, you know what, I pulled back. I don't want that to be a permanent cutoff. But every other thing that happened, I'm fine with. But I want you to ask yourself, I know this is a side note to us talking about the Titan, but ask yourself from March of 2020 through March of 2023, the beginning of March of 2023, if You've noticed, you've shrunk your circle, you've cut people off. I want you to kind of think about why. Was it justified? Was it too soon? Was it because of a misalignment in values? What was it about? Give that some thought. In this compassionate season of cancer, allow yourself to feel what you feel about those situations so that you can kind of um, figure out if you made the right decision. I mean, I really implore people to do that. Now back to the Titan. This lack of compassion, this lack of empathy, this lack of, you know, really any concern because these people were billionaires made a lot of people upset to see. They're like, what if that was your family? How would you feel? And again, um, some people still weren't pulling back from um, their stance or they're joking about it because of being, you know, given the question, what if it was your family? They're like, hmm. people were standing their ground on that. Um, a lot of the things that I saw people say in defense of having more compassion that seemed to be lost upon everybody else or falling on deaf ears were really points that were showing that, you know, they weren't considering a lot of things about the people that they were communicating with, the values of the people that they were communicating with. Again, going back to surviving versus thriving, someone who's so concerned with surviving probably isn't gonna have much compassion for billionaires 
who they look at as not having any compassion for them having to survive and not thrive. So it's complicated and I refuse to get polarized by it. And I was listening to and reading different people's takes. So I had a good understanding of what was going on on either side. I mean, I just thought that that was fair to do. But we fast forward a few days and they found debris, or as we say in my household, we say it wrong on purpose because it's funny, Debris. Seeing them find that, I was like, oh my gosh. And then watching them say, well, there was an implosion. And then I looked up, well, what happens in an implosion of this sort? At least those people didn't suffocate. Because I remember at one point when they couldn't find the craft, um, I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine being down in the ocean running out of water. Like, that has to be terrifying. Not that it was any less terrifying to probably endure whatever happened moments before this implosion, which I'm reading, can happen in milliseconds. Milliseconds. Yikes. But what I'm reading is there was likely no suffering with that, which is what I prayed for if those people wouldn't make it. Um, Still very kind of like heavy on me just thinking about the fact that they went to visit a watery grave and it became their watery grave. I mean, these again are some of the jokes that people were making. Um, I found myself being able to see some of the jokes as clever without fully losing my compassion for the individuals actually aboard the Titan. You know, I mean, ah, it was just a lot. I would hope I would hope, and i seen Cardi B talk about it too. I would hope that someone would be able, my family, because apparently one of the billionaire stepson went to a Blink-182 concert. I don't think I could be concert ready while that was going on. But everybody's different. Again, we're talking about how everybody's different. But this lack of compassion was shown, and that literally points to Saturn being in Pisces. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about with Saturn being in Pisces that it's it's kicking up even more. Um, some of this talk has not just been exclusive to this time frame. One moment. Because for years, um, I've seen this kick up. And we, we have some content on YouTube right now, several conversations where me and Marie Rousseau discuss a lot of things going on with men and women, the polarization of the sexes, um, the talk in the red pill space, the just pearly things of the world, the Andrew Tates of the world, the fresh and fits of the world, the people that follow these people. And I have paid attention to these spaces for quite some time now, for several years. And I'm one of those people that refuses to exists strictly in echo chambers. <laughs> like, I don't only want to communicate with people who think the same way I do about the issues that I think the way that I think about them. I, d- I, don't, I don't find that productive. I like to find out what makes other people tick and I'm never gonna find that out if I don't listen to people who don't share my thoughts, opinions, etc. right? We might not necessarily be friends, but I can have 
a conversation with someone who believes the exact opposite of what I may believe, right? So I'm looking at these red pill spaces and pink pill spaces. So men who've been red pilled, women who've been pink pilled, men complaining about women, women complaining about men. And I saw the polarization there as well, the extremes. However, some of the things that have kicked up are pointing more to Saturn and Pisces than I thought they would. Now, before this transit started, Marie and I did a seminar. Um, it was a Saturn and Pisces survival seminar. There's actually a replay and you can get the workbook if you like. It'll be in the comments. And we talked about, you know, some themes with Saturn and Pisces. The first that popped into our head was like making your dreams real. We also were talking about, we were hoping that Saturn and Pisces would bring more of a seriousness to dealing with mental health issues because Saturn would be seriousness, Pisces would be mental health issues. Something that she brought up in one of our discussions has been like heavy in the back of my mind because I keep seeing it in the collective. And it's the iteration of Saturn and Pisces, meaning learning that your ideals need are, are, are not correct. They're delusional, really, and bringing a stop to them. I'm seeing discussion about what men should do versus what women should do and what some women want that's not realistic, what some men want that's not realistic. I'm also seeing people ascribing what insert sex here should do to the entire population as if people are not different. The same relationship that works for you is not necessarily going to work for somebody else. So watching people try to push ideals that aren't realistic on others is also a theme of this transit. And the more and more we see this in the collective, uh, it's only going to increase y'all. The more opportunity I hope you take to recognize how the energy of Saturn and Pisces is affecting the collective. There's a lot of other astrological things going on as well, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to see these themes that I'm talking about. So what I'm challenging you to do with the things that have gone on um, recently with the Titan, there were some other events too that were terrible. Um, I heard people died on a ship somewhere else. God forgive me for not having the details of that. But I was like, oh my goodness. There's a lot. There's a lot where you can literally see astrology at play. And one of the things that is also happening um, is kind of a revealing of who doesn't take spiritual stuff serious either. So that, that's a whole other discussion for another day. Um, you know, there's a lot of charlatans when it comes to spirituality and astrology too. Um, I saw some of them starting to get halted, get cut short uh, back when Saturn was in Aquarius. But remember to look at keywords. I don't care how long you've been dealing with astrology, looking into astrology, if you consider yourself to be intermediate, advanced, whatever. It's always good to go back to keywords. 
to think about how these essences are clear during these transits based on these keywords, seeing how they play out, seeing how collectively we're impacted by them, but also personally how we're impacted by them. So where is Saturn in Pisces transiting your chart? That's something to think about. We're going to be doing some follow-up content while Saturn continues to be in Pisces. Um, and I say we, meaning the Astro G ladies, to help everyone better identify where this transit is impacting them. Again, if you're interested in the survival seminar, that gives even more in-depth information into the transit and how to track it personally. Please be sure to check out the link in the episode description. The more you get familiar with understanding the themes of a planet and the themes of the sign and how they work together and then how them working together is going to impact you because that transit is going to be transiting one of the houses in your chart and likely that transit is going to be making aspects to other planets within your chart or other transiting planets there's so much information to find out but it does indeed start with recognizing how certain transits like Saturn and Pisces play out on a collective level. You can clearly see it. Like, you can't make this stuff up. And I know a lot of people don't, quote, unquote, believe in astrology. I'll be the first to say I don't either. I am an astrologer. I practice astrology. I speak its language. Really no belief necessary. I see the validity and the practicality in it. And in helping others learn how to see that for themselves, I want to always default back to telling you to look at the basics. Go back to the keyword, y'all. I hope you've had uh, a wonderful past week, despite all of the hoopla going on in the media. And I'm so excited to be back to making podcast content really, 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 really was more focused on YouTube for a long time. And I put a lot of time into editing and different things like that, but I forgot how much I love this format and I'm looking forward to creating more. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Be sure, again, um, if you're interested in learning about Yacht Aspects, to check out the link in the episode description about me teaching a course on Yad Aspects for Synchronicity University on July 29th. The link will be there. Also, if you want to learn more about astrology, if you want to see how you can practically apply it to everything, including your life, make sure that you hit the link in the episode description for the Astro G Ladies Facebook group. When I tell you that the connections made in there, the information shared in there, the types of things that we're doing in the way that we're doing it, you don't see anywhere else. I'm telling you, you need to be in there if you are not, especially over these next couple months, because we got some fire coming for y'all. Peace.